Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 218, starting off with security news and a coronavirus update. The official name of the virus is SARS-CoV-2, and the official disease you get from the virus is COVID-19. The situation seems to be getting worse in terms of spreading, but the evidence thus far still looks like a survival rate of between 98 and 99%, so not nearly as bad as MERS or SARS, but still uh, pretty serious. It seems the bigger issue is likely to be disruption from the response to the virus. For example, school closings, remote working, canceled gatherings, supply chain effects, overwhelmed hospitals, possible food runs. Um, The New York Times actually we're talking about predicting basically issues with emergency services, uh, police support, stuff like that. I mean, I guess it's fine for them to sort of warn that that's possible. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to happen. I was wondering and sort of feeling for the service workers. A lot of people in the service industry, any place where they're supporting large gatherings, right, hotels, conferences, uh, even Uber and Lyft, those types of folks, I, I think they might have a real issue if their pay comes from, you know, daily working, doing that kind of work in the service industry, because we could take a hit to that uh, shortly, especially if the U.S. or global organizations basically demand that we stay home or we stop going to these events. But even just the media coverage, I I think, can affect that quite a bit, and already has. The Dow has fallen the most in history as a result of the outbreak. I'm not sure if it's the most in history or the most since the recent 2008 crisis. The Louvre shutdown, a game developer conference in San Francisco was canceled. Amazon has banned more than 1 million fake coronavirus products. They also banned travel, I believe Amazon did. And my non-expert guess, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just reading quality reports here from CDC and WHO um, and just doing some, some slight analysis here, but I'm not an expert on this. But I think it's likely that we're going to see some serious U.S. government intervention, possibly this week, in terms of canceling travel closing certain types of events, etc. Could get pretty crazy in the next week or month. So I would repeat my recommendation from last week to have a couple of weeks of food on hand in case you have to keep your family indoors. And I have no idea how, if or how strong the message is going to be from the government um, at various levels, state and federal, basically saying, don't do this or don't do that. 
if they just recommend it or if they demand it or, or whatever. But again, just have the food on hand, water if possible, but I'm not sure why the water supply would turn off. But just uh, just be ready for it. I mean, it could largely blow over and then you'll just have extra food. China is using a new color-coded QR code-based application to track people and their health status during the emergency. But many fear that the system will be used after it's over to keep even more tabs on people. Firefox has turned on DNS over HTTPS by default. The U.S. says a Chinese warship fired a military laser at a U.S. aircraft. It looks like we only got a couple of leads after spending $100 million on NSA's phone snooping. Advisories, there's a serious security issue with most versions of Microsoft Exchange. Patch it if you have it. There's a major vulnerability in Wi-Fi, which basically allows an attacker to flood a network with disassociation frames and sniff a small portion of unencrypted traffic, which if you just keep doing it, you just keep getting more data. It affects billions of devices. So when the updates come out for your gear, definitely apply the patches as soon as you can. And there are a couple of -of out-of-band Adobe updates. Technology news. Facebook released a tool that lets you turn 2D images into 3D images. This thing is super insane. Morgan Stanley is buying E-Trade. Human news. Astronomers just witnessed the largest explosion they've ever seen in the universe, other than the Big Bang. And it left a crater in space the diameter of 15 Milky Way galaxies. It's big. It's really big. Coca-Cola and Pepsi are being sued for all the plastic in California waters. And we just turned back on Voyager 2, which is some unheard of number of billions of miles away. And we just got full control back over it after it had some glitches. And uh, we're back in control over this device, which we sent out decades ago. Just unbelievable how resilient this piece of hardware is. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Teaching AI how to play D&D is a pretty high bar, and that's where a lot of people are looking right now because it's so complex. I think resilience is going to be the security concept of the decade. Forget prevention. It's going to be all about quickly recovering from ransomware, DDoS, whatever. It's going to be all about reducing the damage that can be done by various attacks, such as making the data less valuable if data is stolen, and recovering as quickly as possible when they do happen, right? Redundant infrastructures, instant data restores. So if you get DDoSed, you you know, you just switch over to a, a new environment uh, via an upstream switchover where you have a copy of your data. I mean, this this is not easy right now. It would be super expensive. But I think the more DDoS takes off and and the more annoying it gets and the more people are worried about it, that's what security is about. It's it's existing in a state without worry, right? So if the businesses have the ability to just pivot when their network is getting crushed to a different network or 
if their data doesn't have the same value on the internet that um, it used to, then it's not likely to be stolen or people aren't likely to spend as much money on stealing it. So there's lots of ways to reduce the value of what's being stolen and lots of ways to reduce the impact of these various attacks. And I think that's the way things are going to move because just a brute force prevention is clearly not working. And the key thing to remember there is that we're not fighting a prevention war. Security is not prevention. If you go back, and you can get a little too strict with this, but I think this is a valuable sort of demonstration. Security, se, without, cura, worry, without worry. That means that you can have the same amount of attacks, and if nobody cares, right? If you, you can have the same number of attacks on a business, and, the, and if the business is okay with it, for whatever reason, insurance, resilience, whatever the reason, if the business continues to function and they act without fear, without and they function without worry from day to day and they can still do what they're there to do, then security has done its job. You, you have security at that point, even if they're being attacked all the time. And it's important to keep in mind that that is the focus of this entire game over the last 20, 30 years, doing security. That is the focus. And this pivot, I think we're going to see to resilience, is really going to bring that to the fore. Updates. I'm doing some work on my RSS feeds, which is critical infrastructure for me because I do this show. I've been exploring the use of Reddit's RSS functionality, which is quite good, actually. If you add .rss to any URL, like slash r slash best of or whatever, you get an RSS for it. And if you add slash top to any URL, you get the top post from that thing. So if you do slash top slash dot RSS, you get only the most popular stuff in RSS format. So I'm combining those for some of my favorite subs and just sort of optimizing everything as I like to do with my RSS reader, which I still wish was Google Reader, but they killed it. And I'm still sad but Feedly is great. Selling a three-year-old MacBook Pro with 16 gigabytes of memory, if anyone is interested, before I go to a wider audience. It's in perfect condition, works great. Just getting rid of it because I got a desktop. Discovery, using Google dorks to find passwords and files. Some of the reasons Tesla might be able to survive its soon-to-exist competition. Someone wore the Aura activity tracking ring for a year and talked about their experience. Visual explanation of typography. Love this site. Love it, love it, love it. Still have it open as a tab. Collection of Spiderfoot tutorials. Paul Graham on writing. The 25 most recommended programming books. IoT Goat, project by my buddy Aaron. It's a vulnerable IoT project from OWASP. Piano Bar, a console-based Pandora player, and Progress Burp, a burp extension that tracks your progress on a vulnerability assessment. Recommendations. Yep, again, two to four weeks of food on hand in case we are told to stay indoors for a bit, which could possibly happen. Aphorisms. 
Security is always excessive until it's not enough. Security is always excessive until it's not enough. Robbie Sinclair. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmiesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.